everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is February 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to John Bradley, the British actor best known for his work as Samuel Tarly on the long-running HBO fantasy series Game of Thrones. Bradley is now popping up on the big screen. He'll be seen opposite Halle Berry in Roland Emmerich's new disaster film Moonfall, and then with Jennifer Lopez in the rom-com Marry Me. I'll have John Bradley coming up after this short break. Applause to Lena Waithe. The Emmy winner stopped by the Los Angeles LGBT Center just last week to donate close to 50 pairs of shoes from a personal collection. The colorful footwear will be distributed to the center's youth clients who are experiencing or have experienced homelessness. And don't forget to check out the latest installment of Exposure Party Picks in this week's variety. See Billie Eilish, Jared Leto, Olivia Rodrigo, and Lana Del Rey, who all turned out for the opening of LACMA's Artists Inspired by Music, Interscope Reimagined. The exhibit celebrates the 30th anniversary of Interscope with a showing of 50 artworks by 46 visual artists inspired by the music label's all-star roster. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to John Bradley from his home in the UK. In Game of Thrones, Bradley played Samuel Tarley. In Moonfall, directed by Roland Emmerich and in theaters on February 4th, he plays an amateur scientist and conspiracy theorist who has discovered that the moon has gone off its orbit. He joins two NASA astronauts, played by Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, for a trip to space to try and save the Earth from being destroyed by an impending lunar collision. And then next week, Bradley is in Marry Me, the Jennifer Lopez rom-com about a pop star, played by J-Lo, who picks a random fan, Owen Wilson, from a concert to marry her after her fiance, another pop star played by hitmaker Maluma, is caught cheating on her. Here's John Bradley. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. I'm doing okay. You are quite impressive. You are on the dot on time. Oh, keen. Keen as mustard. Happy to get going. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, busy yeah, man. Right. Busy man. Busy at the moment. All of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, coming. You know, immediately. Well, I say post-pandemic. We're not post-pandemic. We're we're God knows how far into it we are. But suddenly things are picking up lately, and yeah, happy to be happy to be keeping busy. I was getting too much time on my hands, and it was freaking me out. Uh oh, idle hands. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So, what should we talk about first? Let's talk about Moonfall first, because you got Moonfall and Marry Me. Moonfall is a lot of movie. That is a fun, <laughs> crazy movie. You get a phone call. Roland Emmerich wants you in one of his disaster movies. I mean, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> total, total no-brainer. Abs- absolute no-brainer. And you know the thing. I, I first read the script a long time ago now. I read it 
in sort of December 2019, so so wow. quite a long time ago. And you know, whenever you get a script like that, especially from somebody like Roland, who you know is a a master of, of visual effects, and nobody destroys the world quite like Roland Emmerich does. And <laughs> very very rarely you get in your career you get to work with a complete expert at what they do nobody's going to tell Roland how to do that right. uh, it's just a case of you know looking and seeing what your contribution to it can be and and finding out if your character is is one that you're invested in in some way or, or some somebody that feels vital or feels that they add an extra layer to the proceedings and I, I fell in love with the character of Casey Houseman as soon as I read it for his you know, his, his sense of pain and his frustration and his sense of determination and the triumph of the human spirit. So I knew that Roland could take care of all the bells and whistles and the explosions and the destruction. I, I was just looking for something that I could contribute. And as soon as I read it, I thought, oh, maybe I can do something with this part that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. And it, it proved to be the case. I had a blast. So what do you like about Casey? I, I, I like... Well, what I find interesting about him, I should say, what I find, what I like about him as a character to play is, at the start of the movie, he's completely isolated, completely on his own in the world. You know, he's he has no family. His father died. His his mom now has uh, dementia, and she doesn't recognize him. And he he doesn't have any brothers and sisters. No friends. No relationship. He doesn't connect with the people that he works with. So. It was something about that sense of isolation and that sense of heartbreak and, and plowing his own furrow and the lack of acceptance and the, re the constant rejection of think, knowing what he knows to be true and banging down doors and, and being ridiculed and being laughed at. But he's got that burning conviction within him that he knows himself to be right. There was something about him that's actually quite a, quite a strong character. Total, mm -hmm. real self-confidence, real belief. In, in his own research, in his own studies, and, and real belief that he's the man who's going to contribute something vital to save the world. And I've never really played a character like that before. I've played smart people, and I've played people who have the big ideas, but I've never played somebody with that much passion before. And that's, why, that's what really drew me to him initially. So uh, school me a little bit. Like, is this a real thing? Are there real people out there like him who think the moon? was built by, I shouldn't laugh, but I'm gonna laugh, built by aliens? Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's a well-established well -established conspiracy theory. And you know, you know it's in, in the great pantheon of conspiracy theories, <laughs> you, you'd find it hard to rank any one of them as more <laughs> ludicrous than any of the others sometimes. But when I was, when I was researching it, I, I, I did a certain amount of research into this kind of conspiracy theory, but you, you're only ever going to scratch the surface. You can research it for a lifetime. And, and these people, you know, they, they spend, it's admirable in a way that they spend so much time thinking about it, that there's, there's acres and acres of the internet devoted to it. It wasn't so much individual conspiracy theories that I was, became interested in. It was, it was conspiracy theorists that, mm. I was, that I was researching because they themselves are, are a fascinating study in, you know, their agenda and their, conviction and what what look you know what is it about looking under the surface and, and trying to expose great cover-ups and great cons and great mysteries of life what does that satiate within their own personality what are they striving for and and you know I'd like to think that in, in real life I'm quite a reasonable person there's it's not a bad thing 
to get your mind changed. And I'm very, very open to getting my mind changed about things and being educated and evaluating evidence when I see it. But some conspiracy theorists just aren't like that. They've got their teeth into an idea and they will not let it go in the, in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary. And I find that, that tenacity and those personalities quite interesting in and of themselves, regardless of whether you agree with their, their theories or not. I mean, like you said, you read the script in 2019. Just from 2019 to now, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theories have taken on a whole, you know, they gobble up so much of our news cycle now. Yeah. Where are you going to be a hero, do you think, to conspiracy theorists who feel like there is these great cover-ups that are happening in the world that you know, it's the government that doesn't want us to know the truth. It's, it's, it's you know, it's so interesting because you're so right. In the last couple of years since I first read it, 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 it wasn't a concern when I read it and it's turned into a concern relatively recently. And what I would say in defense of Casey as a character is he's right and he's got, <laughs> he's got science on his side from the very, very first moment. He's not, he's not, He's not got an agenda and he's not warping the facts to try and fit his own agenda. He's, he's completely supported and backed up by science and backed up by research. And he, he's it's provably data-driven, provable data-driven research. And, mm. you, know, he, you know, he's got computer files, he's got a stack of research like this. And ultimately he's proven to be right because he, he put the work and it wasn't like he was searching he, you know, he got into his idea that the world, that the moon was a construct, he was crashing into Earth, and he tried to contrive evidence to support that. He just found the evidence; it was already there. So, he's scientifically proven to be right, and he's rigorous in his research. And I think that's what separates him from the majority of conspiracy theorists. It feels like to me. So, your first day on set with a woman named Halle Berry. Yeah, amazing. I mean, when I when I was when I was a kid, when when I when I first thought about wanting to be an actor and wondering how it was ever going to be possible. I didn't grow up in a, in a family where anybody had ever done anything like that before. I thought it was a total closed shop. If, if I would have thought that one day I'd work with not only an Oscar winner, but one of the most iconic Oscar winners there's ever been, uh, you know, a true, a, a true uh, artist and a true sort of, um, a true, uh, you know, in the highlight reel of cinema of the past 50 years, Halle Berry keeps popping up in it because of the role that she's played and, and what she stands for and what she means to people. And, you know, what I found working with her was that, oh, that Oscar and the success, there's no luck involved. She didn't fluke any of this. She worked incredibly hard and she continues to work incredibly hard. After all that she's achieved, you know, she'd be forgiven for sometimes maybe phoning it in or being complacent or thinking that she knows how to do it, you know, as a second nature and therefore not trying that hard. She's determined to make every single line that she says perfect or as good as it can possibly be. And for an actor that's, I've been working for a while now, I've been working for sort of just over a decade to see somebody who's achieved that much, still trying to make it as good as it can possibly be you're a fool if you don't take some sort of inspiration from that. She's a total, a total one-off, and it was a pleasure to work with her on a on a, on a personal as well as a, a professional level. She's she's really special. As everybody knows, I don't know why, 
I feel like I have to sort of, I sort of talk up Halle Berry. I don't need to. It's my voice is one voice in a chorus of people who've got, you know, innumerable wonderful things to say about her. But I know from personal experience that all those wonderful things that people say about her are totally true. But not everyone gets to sit in a very small confined space pretending yeah. to go outer space with Halle Berry. Yeah, that was almost too much. It was almost too much. Like, it was almost like I'd gotten greedy. It was almost <laughs> like, okay, 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 I must, you know, give me, give me a space shuttle. Give me a replica space shuttle to pretend to go to space in. Okay, that's that childhood dream taken care of. And then separately, let me work with Halle Berry on something. Don't give me both at the same time. It's just way too much for me to process. But yeah, I mean, all that stuff, so much, so much crossed off that bucket list. And, and because, you know, it, 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 Moonfall is a big VFX movie. There's lots of green screen and there's lots of great visuals to it. Because none of that was there and because myself, Hallie and Patrick Wilson were enclosed in our little shuttle cockpit, it actually felt really intimate. Like it felt like a really intimate, proper acting experience where you're in close proximity, your eyeball to eyeball. All of that stuff goes away when you're just dealing with two actors that you respect and you like. And in, it was like a little microclimate in our little cockpit. And if we shot it mid-pandemic uh, and, you know, not to say there weren't challenges in shooting a movie this ambitious in a pandemic, but those two made it as fun as it could ever possibly be. And, yeah, I had a blast and I miss our little shuttlecock. But we should do a reunion in there. Sometime. I know. Tonight is the premiere here in L.A. Obviously, you can't be here because of the nonsense of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah I'm really, I'm really, really sad to miss it. I, uh, uh, it, you know, one of, I'm, I'm so sad to miss it for a number of reasons, really. And, and I will see it. I will see it here in, in the theatres at some point. But I just I just know that it's it's going to be visually stunning. and. I know that Roland's going to source the best screen that he possibly can because he's such a, a cinephile and he's such an advocate for seeing cinema in, in the right, with the right technical specs and the right environment. The sound will be great. It'll look pinpoint on a screen that big. But also, I'm just jealous that people are going to get to watch it in a communal yeah. atmosphere tonight. I think I think that, that that adds a lot of... That's a big reason as to why cinema is the best way to, to watch a movie because you're watching it with... You know, I don't know how many people are going to be there tonight, but maybe hundreds of people who are all feeling yeah. the same things and, and it becomes a communal, uh, shared emotional experience. And I, I just, I, I'm just, um, yeah, sorry, sorry to miss it. But I know that I know that people are going to have a lot of fun and I'll be thinking about them. I'll be thinking about them, hoping they're enjoying it. It's one of those movies that does have a message to it and can be seen as you know trying to say something profound about our relationship with the planet our relationship with technology and on a human level our relationship with our family and our friends but if you want a movie that you're just going to have a lot of fun in you can leave you know you can choose to take your brain in with you to moonfall mm -hmm. or you can choose to leave it at the door and really good movies uh, they don't exclude anybody they but both sets of those both sets of people can enjoy it at the same time and if you, if you want to have fun on a purely shallow, you know, <laughs> skin deep level, that I'm sure that it'll cater for you as well. I hope.
We're going to take a short break right now, but when we return, Bradley reveals the gift he received from Jennifer Lopez when they rapped Marry Me. And then later, what he's saying today about the harsh criticisms hurled at the series finale of Game of Thrones. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm Mark Malkin, and here's more on my chat with John Bradley. So let's talk about another icon you got to work with. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? ridiculous it's, i mean and that was because of because of you know the, the pandemic you know, try not to bring the pandemic into conversation much but there's just no there's, there's no just way no way. way around it yeah so so even though these these movies are coming out a week apart moonfall is the fourth i think and marry me the following friday on the 11th even though they're coming out a week apart they were actually shot a whole year apart wow we shot marry me at the end of 2019 and moonfall at the end of 2020 and the thing about 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 jennifer is which is almost it's almost hard to get your head around is she doesn't just excel in one field she seems to excel in every single thing that she puts her hand to be it acting or music or dance or fashion she's she's another person who's determined to make the best of absolutely everything she does and you know it's 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 an interesting thing that my last two number ones on the on the movies that I've done have been women mm-hmm. and and maybe it's my imagination maybe it's maybe there's, there's just something in the air but I think you get a different atmosphere when your number one is a is a woman mm. it, it, it just seems to be less there just seems to be less tension and sort of less less underlying toxicity to it not that i've seen a lot of that but but if you, if you get a number one who's a man it comes with a certain sense of of masculine macho baggage to it which everybody has to sort of dance around and find their place within and there's a sort of competitive spirit to it some of the time but when it's a woman it just creates a, such a nicer atmosphere i only I, I only ever want my number ones to be women now because i've, I've two i've had two absolutely incredible experiences with two you know, female superstars right at the very top of their game. And once you've had that, I feel really spoiled and real privileged to have got the chance to work with them both. So what's it like standing? I don't know where it was shot. I think it was shot in New York when you're on the stage with Jennifer Lopez in basically a wedding dress. Yeah. About to go do that performance. Are you just, are you looking at like, wait, uh, this is just all meta. Is it Jennifer Lopez? Is it Cat? What's going on here? It feels like it. it. It really, it really does feel like it. It feels like when you when you see in real life up close a, a, a face that you've seen so many millions right. of times in so many different environments all over the world. You know, you've seen films, you've seen photographs, you've seen album covers. 
and then then suddenly that person is in front of you it does it does almost feel like a sort of a waxwork and it it, it, <laughs> it, feel, it feels like this this can't really be be truly possible i'm I, you know it, it's like you've got into some sort of coma and the last thing you can remember is wanting to be an actor when you were 15 years old in manchester england and thinking there was no chance it was ever going to happen and then suddenly something's happened to you you've had a blackout and you woke up face to face with jennifer lopez that's sort of what it feels like sometimes but once again a real sense of collaboration to that not only does she want to do well she wants everybody else to do well because she because she knows that a movie is served best when everybody has the, the chance to do their own job to the best of their abilities. And there's no ego with her when she's doing a scene, you know, you're as important to her as she is to herself in that scene. And that's, you know, that, that feels like it's a very, very rare thing, but with her, it just seems like second nature. She's such a team player. And yeah, I, I if I ever thought once again, that I'd ever get to do a, a movie with her. The first time I saw a Jennifer Lopez in a movie was in Jack. Do you remember Jack, that film with Robin Williams when he played when she played yeah. his teacher, her, the compassionate teacher in it, who, who was kind to him. I totally, like the world did, fell in love with her at that moment. And what's happened to her since then and where she's got to now to play a tiny part in that incredible career. It's a, a pri privilege and a pleasure, 100%. So how many texts did you get from friends saying, I want to come to set, I want to meet Jennifer Lopez? Do you know what? Loads, loads <laughs> and loads. And it tended to be from my friends saying that they were asking on behalf of their wife. <laughs> they were all saying, oh, oh, um, uh, yeah, uh, the wife, she's, uh, we may be in New York in October. <laughs> and, you know, just can you believe the look of it? We may be in New York in October. Is there a chance that we can come to set? And I was a bit like, well, you weren't asking when I was in a field in Northern Ireland for 10 years, getting rained on with, with sort of horse shit everywhere. You, I, I, I can't remember getting a call from you then asking to visit set. I wonder what's happened to my career where you're suddenly <laughs> banging on the door to get in. But uh, no, I mean, a, a lot of my friends, they just don't believe that this has happened to me either. They, I'd like to think they're happy for me, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's sort of all of our lives suddenly feel a bit weird, and it feels like it's happening to somebody else. But no, I'm uh, I'm you know just pinch myself every morning most of the time. Did did you let any friends on set, or did you you know say, hey Jennifer, can we just FaceTime with this one friend? Let's just like. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I brought my girlfriend to set once because she came out with me. Uh, she came out with me to to set one day she came to new york and she came to set me one day but it's only because she's the coolest person i know most of my <laughs> friends are so so you know spectacularly uncool i don't know cool people if i if i knew cool people i'd invite them to set all the time i, I feel like saying to them can i you know, when i say can i come to set i go like, no you can't and to be honest it's your own fault that you can't <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I, I nearly said i'm sorry if you're watching this but none of them will be watching this because none of them really care too much about what i'm doing but uh, no no i never did i never did i've got i've got too much respect for her to to do that and just didn't want to be that person and, and also I, I wanted to i wanted to have that feeling for myself it's, it's too much of a novelty for me i get too much of a thrill out of right. it to want to share to share that thrill just yet um, and I know Jennifer likes to give um, gifts to her co-stars, cast and crew. What did she give you? Did you get I've got, a, be 
yeah, I got I've got a beautiful uh, uh, leather le- leather traveling bag. It's, I, I, I think it's part of her, it's part of her, her coach her coach deal, but it's it, but it's a it's a thing of absolute beauty. I, I've been carrying the same the same old hold all around the world for for years and years. So yeah, I, it, it's the one piece of luggage that I've got at the moment that I'm proud to hand over to to doorman at hotels and I feel like telling them do you know who gave me that <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez gave me that and they think, right, we've got a okay we've got a yeah we, we've got a crazy guy trying to check in let's get him out of the hotel as quick as we possibly can he thinks J-Lo gave him his, uh, his travelling bag <laughs> to be fair if somebody told me that I don't think I believe him either, so <laughs> I'm just destined like Casey Houseman destined to go through my life not being believed it's a curse <laughs> And now we do have to, because people have not stopped talking about the end of Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage recently said, it's fiction. There's dragons in it. Move on. What do you say (laughs) to people who are not happy with that finale? I would say that that I I really think that it was highly unlikely that we were ever going to please everybody. And chances are we were going to please a, a fraction of people because, you know, sometimes you happen to read some of the things online where people go, oh, I'd have done it like this. Or somebody else, oh, I, I'd, have, I'd have made this person the king or that person the throne. I'd have done this to the throne. There are so many different permutations to it where or you just think, oh, well, if we'd have gone with any one of these, then everybody would have, would have been unhappy about that one. We, right. we, we almost <laughs> couldn't, couldn't win. It almost meant... It almost meant too much to people for them to ever mm. really be be satisfied for it. And, and who knows, you know, when when the wounds have healed a little bit in a few years' time, maybe people will reevaluate it and be able to see it as a as a complete thing. And, you know, David and Dan, Benioff and Weiss, who I'm working with again at the moment, they they did get a lot of um, you know they did get a lot of criticism for it, and people were you know putting their ability as as writers into into dispute but you feel like saying they were still in charge when you loved it right they were still in charge when you went they were still in charge when you thought it was the best thing that you'd ever seen and all the way along all those moments you remember none of them would have happened if they mm-hmm. hadn't have been in control of it so so maybe you know maybe they're they're due a bit of a break and you know i'm working with them again at the moment they, they've got a netflix show that we're shooting called three body problem and what i what i admire the most about them for doing this is they've not took the easy way out they've not made it easy on themselves they've picked some source material that's even more ambitious and feels even more unfilmable than game of thrones did and i hope so much that it's a success for them because i hope that people will give them a break and 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 just the world can agree again that they're they're very, they're very talented at, at what they do and you know they've just never taken the easy route to anything so i hope game of thrones gets reevaluated one day and i hope that three body problem is another another rip roaring success for them because they've worked hard on it and they really do deserve it do you, do, do you especially with game of thrones obviously such a fandom such such passion around it when you look at criticism, and especially when you look at, you know, fandom Twitter, do you think sometimes it's too much? I don't know what the word is. It's imbalance. It, it seems like, oh, my God, the world's against the finale of Game of Thrones, where it's actually maybe the world isn't against. Do you know what I mean? Where Twitter yeah, really I, yeah. makes things seem. Yeah, I know. 
I know I know exactly what you mean, and I think that Twitter Twitter seems to be a, a platform where people think that they that they can be angry and it be consequence free almost and if they saw david and dan in the in the street or in a restaurant would they go up to them and and say that kind of stuff to me I, I don't think they would but on the other hand you know fans do do deserve an opinion yeah and fans do deserve a forum to discuss these things and if they're not happy with it then they have they have the right to say that but but one thing one thing that i you know we can we can agree that uh, you know that fans, some fans are, are unhappy with it, and they'll give their reasons explicitly as to why they weren't happy with it, and they're entitled to their opinion. But the one thing that I don't think any of us will accept is the criticism that we didn't try our best to make it as good as it can possibly be. We've had we've had a lot of things that oh the cast didn't care anymore, and David and Dan didn't care anymore. Well, if they didn't care, then no, they wouldn't choose to be standing in a in a field in Belfast at three o'clock in the morning for months and months on end. They wanted to make it as good as possible. And it's a shame if people didn't like it because, because, you know, we did try our best to make something very special. And even in that final season, there were, there were, there were episodes and moments that are some of the greatest moments of, of, of that show. And hopefully in a few years, like I say, when wounds have healed, it can be seen in a more holistic sense and just be remembered for the great show that it was. When it was great, it was as good as anything's ever been, and and I think that just because of the controversy about the ending doesn't mean that any of those moments have, have diminished in any way. They they still stand up there, I think. Or House of the Dragon, you're looking forward to it. Have you asked for yeah. seeing an early look? I've not. I, I I am. I'm really looking forward to it. It, it. It'd be interesting to see other people have a go at it. I mean. There will be, there will be a certain bittersweet quality to it. I think because it's a bit like, you know, when you move house and you go back to your old house and <laughs> other people have moved in and they've redecorated and they've changed things and they've made it their own and you just don't feel involved in it and you feel that too much time has passed. It's going to be a little bit like that. It's going to be like seeing somebody else living in your house and. And I, I wish it all the very best. I know some of the people in it. And obviously we know Miguel Sapochnik, who's the showrunner of it, who directed some of our best episodes. It's in, it's in very, very good hands. And I hope it's a success. But uh, yeah, I think all of us will be watching that and just thinking, oh, it's it just, it, it feels, even though Game of Thrones ended, the fact that this is starting, it feels like the, the real end. It feels like the true end of Game of Thrones because other people have taken up that baton. But no, I'll be watching it. I'll be hoping it's good and I'll be wishing it all the very best. I'm sure it will be. This was awesome, sir. Thank you so much. Congratulations on everything. My pleasure, Mark. Well, stay safe and be well. Thanks, Mark. You too, mate. That was John Bradley. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to variety.com. See you next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.